Hello. 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 The Classic Guitar Rock Podcast starts right now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Here, ready to move off. Before we start, I'd like to say something. There's no reason why you shouldn't have complete confidence in your chances to come out of this thing alive in one piece. From coast to coast, from border to border, from one end to the other, and all points in between, the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast is on. Yes! That's awesome! We crank up and break down the great guitar-driven rock of the 70s and 80s, and you are invited to come along. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes, it's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it! And now your hosts, Jeremy and Jeff. One half teaspoon for fast, effective relief. It's time for the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast. Welcome back. It's episode, what episode is this? Eight? Episode eight, Jeff. Hey. It's crazy. Of the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast. I'm Jeremy here with Jeff. Howdy. Jeff, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm waiting for some more snow. And uh, I got a new amp. Another new, another new amp. I sold one. So I, okay. you know. All right. So you I kind of do this turnover thing. I do the exact same thing. <laughs> I got a Vox. Uh, oh, it's an one? AC30, but it only has one speaker. Right. I've seen that one. I don't know if it's a newer one or I just new to me. Yeah, but, no, uh, that's cool. Awesome. Sweet, Actually, Sweetwater had a special on it, so I jumped on it. Good for you. Well, that's awesome. You'll have to let me know how you, how you like that. I sold an amp this week. I had a big PV Ultra 410. So that was those are from the nineties, oh, all wow. tube, four tens, ridiculous, uh, great, awesome amp, but way more than I ever need. So I finally sold it last week, and um, actually, you'll be proud to know that I used the money that I made and actually put it on a credit card. Hey, I, I didn't go buy another amp, which is my temptation. I didn't, so I'm trying to exercise a little more control. So it's very grown up of you. I know it's scary. So we were supposed to have my friend, Greg Feller joining us today. Greg is a, a an engineer, a, a sound engineer in LA works for a studio there. And we were scheduled. And he said, I'm looking forward to it. I even sent him some questions in advance and he was really stoked. He'd gone back and listened to all of our podcast episodes just so he was kind of up to speed uh, and he said, the only thing that would keep me from being able to make it is if someone books some time and they need me to come in. And that's exactly what happened. So he, at this moment, at the moment we're recording, this is actually recording someone and we'll, we'll, we'll get the dirt on some of this when we talk to him. So hopefully next week we'll have that. But Jeff, you had a great idea for this week. We've talked about it for a couple of weeks and it, and it just kind of played out this week. So kind of explain to us what your idea was for this episode. 
Uh, I think it stemmed from uh, us talking about, you know, we're sort of stuck in the seventies or I am give or take. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Me, me too. Maybe not as much as you, Yeah. <laughs> at least from a classic rock kind of, uh, you know, when we're, when we're, when we're listening to music, that kind of style, those kinds of guitars, that kind of sound, you know, does it exist much in the nineties and the two thousands and now the 2020s? So you mentioned, Hey, you know, you, you, you might know some more modern kind of bands. And I said, yeah, some, Let's let's have a, a thing where I give you some some of my bands that I've been I've, I've discovered, and you give me some that you've discovered, and we'll do a little bit of research, a little bit of listening, and then we'll uh, we'll discuss. I, I like it, and and I like how you you made it sound a lot uh, nicer than the way I would have said it. I, I basically <laughs> said I'm a curmudgeonly old fart, and I don't like anything new. Uh, so you you convince me there's good music out there that a classic rock fogey like me would like. So that was kind of the the task. And and Jeff did it. He shared a couple bands with me and I shared some with him also, but he shared a couple with me. And, you know, I have to say and we'll get into this in a minute, but but you only shared four. You got a long list, but you gave me four mm-hmm. just to check out. Yeah, I liked them all. There's uh, a couple of them that I really liked. Um, And so we'll, we'll talk about that. And, and before we get into it, I want to just in general talk about what is it? We This is our very first episode. Remember when we kind of defined classic rock and, and I think this is maybe worth talking about is if you think of a guy like me, I think you're 50, I'm 53 guys in our age group. You know, we've got our music that we like from the 70s and 80s. So knowing that, I, I, I mean, what's the criteria? What what modern stuff would a guy like me be looking for in his music? And you mentioned one, you said guitars. You know, we like the guitars. But what else is it about this newer stuff, Jeff, that, that's appealing to you as a, as a fan of classic rock, when, when a newer band grabs you, what is it that you usually go? Oh, I like this. What is yeah, it? Probably um, not as produced and big, okay. a little more raw. Okay. The vocals probably have a big uh, important piece. You know, if it's, if it's like um, whatever, I don't know how to explain something in the eighties where it was like that glam metal kind of, Exactly. That kind of voice, you know, I wouldn't put that in the classic rock category. Right, right. That might be a hard rock hair band kind of thing, mm-hmm. that style. Right. So if I hear that, I'm like, eh, it doesn't really fall into classic rock. Mm-hmm. The production probably is a big piece too. Of course, technology changes, gear changes. We move forward and things just get sound bigger maybe. And maybe the producers, engineers are just hey, we should try this. We should try that. Let's right. have eight layers of this. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, if you go back, you know, you can't beat a four-piece Led Zeppelin kind of band that's just raw and straight ahead. Yeah. And that uh, can translate to the live stage. That might be another interesting that's a good, that, dynamic here, you know? That's a good one. You know, as I've thought about it, really what what is one of the the factors that really either attracts me or repels me from new music. And it's weird when I, when I break it down, it's drums. I like the sound of drum, you know, real drums. 
but I like space. You know, I hate, I hate, this is going to alienate people when I say this. I hate that machine like double bass drum where it's just, (laughs) where there's no, I mean, there's no, that drives me crazy. And, And I can, I can handle that on a song or a part of a song, but when you pop in this new music and all you hear is that nonstop bombast of drums with no let up, I I just, that is a turnoff for me. So drums are a big deal to me. I like the guitar sounds, obviously like you, the vocals are important to me. I like, I like harmonies, you know, like I said, I'm a sucker for a poppy sounding songs. If they've got crunchy guitars, I loved bands like Def Leppard. I love that stuff. And, you know, some people, that's a girl's band, whatever. But but I dug a lot of that stuff. Even you look at a Van Halen, you know, their guitars were heavy, but they always had good vocals. So for me, vocals are a good, are a big deal. Yeah. And that sort of thing. Would we, would, would, you, would you say Van Halen is classic rock? I would. I think would I have, a, I think I have a broader definition for me. For me, classic rock is is basically any any hard rock from the seventies and eighties. I kind of call classic rock. I mean, I yeah. know that's a broader definition than some people do. Uh, I don't consider again. This is something that people might want to fight me in the parking lot about. Like grunge to me is not classic rock. That doesn't mean it's bad. I just don't really consider that classic rock. So interesting, you bring this up. <laughs> So I got onto, uh, I don't want to say an argument. We were both civil about it, but a little discussion on Facebook with the guy just got a little back and forth about the band, the band machine head. Okay. So there was this article from classic rock magazine about the keyboard player and machine head making some political statement or whatever. And I just made a little remark about, is this a classic rock band? You know, and then this guy comes back. He says, you consider yourself a classic rock fan and you don't even know who Machine Head is. And I like I've heard of the band. I said, I consider the Deep Purple album Machine Head classic yeah. rock, but I don't consider these guys classic rock. Well, they've been around for 25 years. And so I said, you know what? I'll go check them out. And I went and checked them out. And guess what? They were. Oh, wow. And I'm like. No, that's not classic rock to me. And I know a lot of us old guys have made the transition and get into some of this heavier new stuff. And I guess I'm just a fuddy duddy. I'm not into stuff that, that, that is that heavy, you know? I mean, there's a lot of labels. If someone wanted to label something, oh, right? Sure. To me, you could just say it's heavy metal it's or heavy some metal. Kind of it's speed metal, hard rock, power metal. It's thrash metal. Yeah. I don't know what the difference is, but. But uh, for me, it's if it's if it's, uh, you know, guitar driven music from the 60s, 70s, 80s. To me, I just call it classic rock, you know, so that's a pretty broad, pretty broad definition. But I, I know I have lamented over the past that because the music industry is has changed so much. Right. Is it's it's hard to find classic rock because, you know, when we were kids right? The stuff that we liked, we heard at least a lot of it on the radio. Mm -hmm. You'd hear Van Halen on the radio. You'd hear Aerosmith on the radio. 
you'd hear Motley Crue on the radio, you know, all of that hair metal. See, I throw hair metal into classic rock, most of it, you know, but you'd hear that on the radio. Now you got to go looking for it. You have to go searching to find a lot of this stuff because there just aren't the platforms like there used to be for some of these. I think we mentioned, you know, MTV was huge for me. So I got exposed to a lot of bands that way. And, and there Especially was a, before I got my driver's license. For sure. You didn't have anything else to do, right? <laughs> you weren't driving around and listening to the radio then you were. Yeah. And, and remember at the beginning, we may have talked about this already, but remember at the first couple years, MTV's playlist was completely different than radio's playlist. Do you remember? Sure. I yeah. mean, and then after, then by about four or five years, after four or five years, it was pretty much identical. It had been homogenized. But at the first few years, I mean, you could you could see a video from Split Ends, and then they'd go into a Judas Priest video, right? And it's like, that was pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Yeah, for for those of us that that in our generation, it's not as easy in my mind to find that kind of melodic rock stuff that that we would like to hear. You have to look a lot further for it. You have to look a lot harder for it. So I think not to not to keep going with this. What is classic rock? But uh, much like many shifts in music styles. Mm-hmm. In the in the mainstream or popular kind of consciousness, I feel like there was that there was the '60s period, and then it kind of mid '60s into '70s. There was this like reaction, perhaps much like uh, grunge might have been a reaction to the hair metal. For sure, they were like, "F you! What is this makeup and outfits and hair? Like we're gonna come out and just rawr. exactly, you know." So I feel like that it's also a period thing that for me I I relate the term classic rock with. Yeah. And I, I think you're right. I think your definition is probably a little more accurate than mine. Mine's probably a little broader, but, but I, that point you make is very valid because there's a few different times when that's happened, right? Grunge was a reaction to the hair metal and the stuff. Punk was a reaction to at the time in the seventies, these bloated, which I love by the way, these bloated overproduced albums. I love that crap. Right. But punk was a definite, middle finger to what the music industry was at the time, mm-hmm. you know, and then the, then the hard rock bands of the later seventies, right. They were like disco, blah, you know, let's play some rock, you know? So yeah, yeah. Uh, I agree that there were, there were a number of those turning of the tide, changing of the tide throughout the the sixties, seventies, and, and even the eighties. So when we come back, Jeff, let's jump in and we'll start sharing lists, our lists with each other. And I also want to talk about a specific record label, too, that that is kind of playing in this niche of what they call new classic rock. So uh, all that and more when we come back on the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
All right, welcome back to the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast. And, you know, we could have called this episode No Country for Old Men. We could have, <laughs> that could have been the name of this episode, Jeff. <laughs> so we're going to talk about if you're like us, right? You yearn for that great classic rock music of yesteryear that you'll love, you'll love this conversation we're going to have because we're going to talk about new music that's coming out that a classic rock fan would dig but before we do that and i and i meant to tell you but i forgot we've got a new little feature here jeff is going to share we got to come up with a name for this what do we call it this is class classic rock headlines we call it news we call it jeff's junk i don't know <laughs> i don't know what, we call it. what do they call on snl just the news it's it's the, the weekend uh, weekend update Okay. Yes. So something like that. It's our it's the classic rock weekend update. CRG update. It it is the weekend CRG update. I like it. <laughs> so all right. So take we need a little helicopter or something. Ripped from the headlines. Jeff has the news. The first thing that I need to mention uh is it's not actually um classic rock per se specific, but it's funny. Okay. And uh we both play guitar. So I don't know if you saw this uh, headline um, about uh, a lot of folks are saying, conspiracy theorists, that the vaccine <laughs> for COVID right. uh, uh, secretly has a 5G chip, Ooh. somehow nanoparticles, you know, okay. implanted in it. Okay. So we're getting these vaccines and then we, we have this chip inside and we're going to be tracked and traced and all that. So the people who are pushing this story posted this diagram okay. of the supposed 5G chip that's in these vaccines. Well, the, the diagram, the schematic is a schematic from the boss heavy metal zone pedal <laughs> <laughs> with op amps and, uh, you know, whatever else, capacitors. And <laughs> it's just so ridiculous that, you know, and this so story who, just propagates, who, you know. And whoever started it probably said, "Well, that looks like a scary schematic." Probably had yeah. no idea what it was. Or yes, where it came from. That's hilarious. Is that hilarious? <laughs> so that's number one. Number two, um, we're both fans of Kiss, and apparently they have this last farewell road tour. Yeah, or end of the road. Yeah, I don't know if you heard that. Yeah, um, I watched a little bit of of. Um, a show they did not too long ago and their pyrotechnics it's just out of control yeah i mean it's just massive and they're still running around with all the gear yeah and the boots and uh paul stanley is like 68 years old or something oh yeah and gene simmons is 71 and they just can't do it anymore right I mean, and did, did you see the new year's show from dubai did you see some of that footage I, yeah new i year's think that's what it was wow. yeah unbelievable, unbelievable. So there's crowds, right? There, COVID doesn't. There, yeah. Just... So I don't know how they. I didn't watch enough to see where the crowds were, but I envisioned in Dubai, and I could be completely wrong. But the way they were set up, their stage was set up. They're out in this big, I don't know what you call it. It's like in front of a courtyard of a of a palace, and and I in my mind envision that it's a bunch of millionaires and billionaires kind of surrounding them in their own little luxury boxes watching the show. I don't know. Do you actually see a crowd? Do you see people jumping up and down in the crowd? I, you know, I didn't even, uh, I didn't, I didn't look too carefully. 
Yeah, I, I, I think it's one of these, it's like all of these. And of course, if you wanted to watch it live, I mean, it, it was like a hundred bucks to watch it for the cheap. paper, <laughs> And then it went right. up from there, you know, but here's the thing, Jeff, I see both sides of it, right? Here's these old geezers that should have given it up a long time ago, right? But on the other hand, people are still buying tickets. People are sure. still willing to pay. And it's a great show. I mean, other than, you know, the lip syncing and all the other stuff that's going on, but the pyrotechnics is great. I mean, it's probably a lot of fun to go to a KISS show. And why not? You know, why not? If they can still make the money, why not? Hey, if people are having fun and enjoying Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of bands that are continuing to, to, to carry go. the flame. And, and they probably shouldn't. <laughs> but as long as people are willing to pay, who, you know, who are we to say, oh, you guys need to hang it up. We yeah. might we might think they need to, but someone's willing to pay. What else are they going to do? <laughs> exactly. One of the things, and, and Eddie Trunk is is really big on this, and I kind of disagree, is, is he's like, these bands that go out and tour. So let me think of a good example are you familiar with black star writers? So thin Lizzie, Scott Gorham, the, one of the latest incarnations of thin Lizzie was only Scott Gorham. Right. And then he had these other guys and they were calling themselves thin Lizzie and they were, they were great. They sounded awesome. They got a Phil Lynott sound alike guy to sing mm-hmm. and they sound really good, but they got a lot of heat, you know, then calling yourselves thin Lizzie, you're the only guy. So they changed their name to black star writers and they put out a couple albums still sounds just like thin Lizzie. Right. But they're not calling themselves thin Lizzie anymore. Hmm. Eddie trunks deal is, you know, if you're out touring and you're saying you're so-and-so and you've only got one original person, you know, that's, that's a ripoff. And my counter to that is, and he, he even says this, he says, but what I'm finding out is most people don't care. They don't care. They buy their ticket. They go see the band. They don't care if there's three different versions of Bachman Turner overdrive, you know, touring the country, playing County fairs. Uh They don't care, you know? And so his deal was that and the whole lip syncing, you know, if, if, if you're seeing a show where they're lip syncing or playing to tracks, they need to disclose that on the tickets or whatever. And again, he said, I'm finding most people don't care. They don't care that Paul Stanley is lip syncing. They don't care that, you know, there there's backtracks playing that they aren't actually even playing live. A lot of this stuff. And a lot of bands do that these days. Is Paul Stanley lip syncing? Uh, there are. Yeah. In fact, you can go on YouTube and find lots of videos from this latest tour where he's clearly lip syncing because he's six feet away from the mic. Uh, you know, and you, <laughs> that's, a, that's a giveaway. That's a giveaway. I uh, feel like, you know what? I'm going to just, just be judgmental and say like, that's not rock and roll. Yeah, I agree. But I then agree. I, I'd hang it up. You know, if you can't yeah. do it, then just say we had a great run. Let's but call there it. again. People are willing to pay to watch him lip, lip sync and play the backing tracks. So anyways, anyway, yeah, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother show. So thank okay. you. Any other news headlines there? Yeah, a, a band that um, I just didn't get into that much um, back from way back, Vanilla Fudge, mm-hmm. the bass player, Tim Bogert. Yep. He passed away. I saw that. Cancer, I think. Yeah. The thing. It's it's just, it's weird how things are, timing-wise are so weird. I, a week ago, 
was at a thrift store with my son and I bought the Beck Bogart Apathy uh, album, the first album they made mm-hmm. for a dollar. Wow. And it's, it's pretty good. Actually. It's uh, it's that jammy, you know, think of the time for, it's from like 71 or something. So you think of what albums were like in 71, but yeah, Jeff Bogart's one of those guys. It's very well respected by, you know, bass players. He played yeah. a band called Cactus. I'm not as familiar with Cactus, but the Beck Bogart Apathy, uh, they did a couple couple things. Obviously, the guy is a monster player. I think he sang some of the songs too. Uh, he and Carmine both did. But I yeah, thought about was- you know this is the time when some of these guys are sadly passing. Yeah, right? yeah. Whether it's from illness or just getting age. to be old age, getting old. Yeah. And another ten years or less, we're gonna lose. Clapton and Peter Frampton. It's going to be maybe a little longer. We'll see, but but you know what I mean? You're absolutely right. And so then what we're going to have to come up with our own band before, you know, exactly. Well, that's why this episode (laughs) is so important, right? (laughs) This episode is so important. Okay. Okay. Any other news headlines? Last one. I was pretty surprised about, but not surprised. Uh, Mick Fleetwood and Lindsey Buckingham selling out their rights. I saw I saw the one about Lindsey Buckingham. I didn't see that about Mick Fleetwood. Yeah. Wow. Yep. I think um, you know, one of them just just uh sold like publishing versus the other performance or something. Performance, right, right. Um, but still, you know, and Nick and then Stevie Nicks also she sold eighty percent of her publishing wow. rights last year. And it's like, you know, they're not making money on album sales not like they were certainly not streaming right exactly so it's probably a smart move i guess from a business point of view i think probably i don't know i'm not inside their heads but you know again to your earlier point they're getting older and they probably say okay i can cash out now you know i'm going to get whatever amount of millions of dollars or whatever i'm getting and i've got 10 years left 15 years left whatever and you know maybe that's why they figure I'll take the cash now, you know? So I don't know. It's, it's interesting. It's interesting. Remember as long as the song, as long as the songs aren't in, in a, in a Hallmark greeting card. <laughs> well, and that's the thing, right? That's the thing. So, yeah. so if you remember way back in the eighties, Michael Jackson bought the Beatles mm-hmm. publishing rights. And it was not long until you started to see car commercials with you say you want a revolution you know and a lot of people were like ah yeah so that's a whole that's a whole weird thing and and we could do a whole show just on that think of all the old blues musicians that died penniless for instance because they were swindled out of their publishing yeah uh and and then (laughs) then you got like a led zeppelin who literally just stole songs from these blues are just stole them and would say they wrote them. And over the years, they've kind of had to make amends on a lot of those things. But but they would take a Willie Dixon song and rock it out and say they wrote it. And how many how how, how many millions of dollars were those old blues guys cheated out of because their songs were just stolen? You it's know, the bloody British. It's the bloody British. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So anyway, it's true. It's true. It is true. It is true. And it's, and it's, it's sad. And so publishing is a, is a big deal. So you gotta, you gotta hang on to that. So, all right, that's it. That's it.
Uh, oh, before before we talk about some specific bands, I, I want to talk about Frontier Records. I don't know if we've mentioned them. Have we mentioned Frontier Records? I don't believe so. Not with so me. Frontier Records is this company in Spain. I think it's in Spain. And it's been around, gosh, I don't know, five, six years. And and here's the thing. I Like I go on Spotify, there's a Frontier Records playlist. But what Frontier Records has done over the last five or 10 years is they focus on classic rock, what they call melodic rock. And so they'll do one of two things. They'll bring classic artists in who don't get any attention from record companies and they'll sign those guys. For instance, Asia made some albums on Frontier. I think the latest Blue Oyster Cult album is on Frontiers. Hmm. So they take these classic artists, they bring them in, they produce records for them. Then the other thing they do is it's kind of like a McDonald's of classic rock. It is rock for the masses. And I don't mean that to sound as negative as it sounds because some of it I really like. But what this guy does is he puts together these groups. I mean, he'll just assemble groups. Hey, let's take this guy from here. Revolution Saints is one of these, right? He takes Doug Aldrich, who's kind of a utility guitar player who's played for everyone. Yeah. Doug Aldrich, let's take Jack Blades from Night Ranger. Let's take Dean Castronovo, who's a drummer who was in Journey, played Mm -hmm. with Ozzy. He's a singer. So he builds these bands, and has them record albums that basically I think they just get streamed because that's where it ends. There's no promotion. There's no tours. So I kind of wonder what the appeal is to these artists because they can't be making that much money. Right. But there's just a constant churn of new music coming out aimed at the classic rock, melodic rock fan base. Right. Mm. So from that standpoint, it's kind of cool. You should check out, frontier uh in fact i think i think two of the bands i shared with you are frontier bands right but i Uh, yeah i I didn't know that that i I really like them but it's it's weird because the model and this is a this is a a product of the music business today right it's just so different it's changed so much the internet has changed everything streaming has changed everything but frontier records is one of these labels that just kind of builds these bands and they crank out records and I, I I guess you can buy the records. So some people buy the records, you know, I think most people probably just stream them, but it's just, it's, it's interesting. And so are they actually just distributing and, or when you say get these bands together, are they calling people up and saying, Hey, talk to this person. I think they want to, that's what I think they do. I mean, I think that he'll reach out to say to someone and say, Hey, we'd love to, we'd love you. Get, what would you guys think of getting together and making an album? Right. And, and even I've noticed there are like YouTube stars, people you see on YouTube that have started their YouTube channels and just sing all of a sudden frontiers calls them up and said, Hey, we want you to make a record. And so they'll make a record. Like there's a guy, I think he's in Mexico who's a great metal singer and you can go watch his videos of him singing Iron Maiden songs and Dio songs and he's good. Right. And so I just saw that, that he's inked a deal with Frontier Records to put out hmm. an album. So it's just kind of mass producing these albums. And some of them are really good. Interesting. And, and, and it has exposed me to some bands that some of them have been around a long time and were popular in Europe. 
but I never had heard of them. But then as I've heard them, I'm like, these guys are pretty good. So that's just an interesting thing. I wanted to throw that out there and I'm sure there's other labels doing the same thing, but check out frontier records. Uh, You can go on Spotify, find their playlist or go to their website. So they'll, they'll release stuff from classic artists, right? When other record companies won't, but then they also put together these new groups. It's kind of uh, wild because just by doing a little listening to the three bands or Mm -hmm. four that you sent me, it seems like those are all session guys that that play live. Yeah. So Frontier may be thinking, oh, these guys all know each other. So we're just asking them if they want to jam and make a couple albums. And and you see someone like, well, I mentioned Doug Aldrich and Dean Castronova, two guys right there. They're probably both in four different bands right now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and they might all be Frontier Records bands. I don't know. And I think maybe once a year or something, they'll do a big show where they'll bring these bands together and they'll actually maybe play live for one show. But but there's no tours. There's no real support, no real advertising. So it's it's they, they, they've been doing it for a while. So apparently they're making enough money to keep doing it. However, the, we don't know. Yeah, It's an interesting thing. So anyways, why don't you give me the four bands you asked me to listen to and then I'll talk about them. And then I'll give you the four bands I told you to listen to, and you can talk about them. How's that? Yeah. Okay. Sure. All right. Let's see. And the premise is, let me roll this premise one more time. The premise is we're supposed to share bands that an old crusty classic rock fan would like new music. Okay. This is new music that even old geezers like us would like. Okay. How's that? Or or newer, I guess. Newer. Yeah. Newer. Yes. Okay. So yeah, specifically, I didn't give you Black Crows because I think they're just kind of, but they are one of the. I like them. I like early nineties, 91, maybe. Yeah. Shake your money maker or whatever. I I feel like they're carrying, they're one of the bands that were carrying the torch. Like to me, that's, that's just good old classic rock, you know? Um, So I gave you. Wolf Mother. Wolf Mother. Okay. Because I just think they, they rock and they're kind of carrying that Led Zeppelin Deep Purple Torch or something. Yeah. Uh, Blackberry Smoke. Uh, Marcus King Band, who's just an amazing guitar player, singer, yeah. songwriter, vocalist, amazing voice. Uh, Gary Clark Jr. Yeah. Kind of in the bluesy, kind of hard Yours, rock bluesy stuff. But hers was really on the bluesy side, which I like. I I gotta tell you though, I I really liked all of them. I the one I listened to the most was actually Wolf Mother. I really like I love it. It's a very it's a throwback. There's a, a lo-fi thing going on in terms of, like you said, you don't want super slick production. You know, I noticed like at the a lot, end of the, a lot of the songs, it's, it's noisy and you hear, you know, so it's kind of like this intentional lo-fi, but they have a very much um, fuzz tone versus distortion mm-hmm. on a lot of the stuff. Uh, and even some, uh, some of the old, keyboardy sounds i liked it i liked the way the guy sings i didn't know a thing about him 
and from uh, Australia, right? Yeah, from Australia, and apparently kind of a revolving door of musicians. Other than that, is it Stockdale, the lead singer's name? Can't remember. Yeah, I didn't really, I didn't know that until I read a, read a couple yeah, of tidbits. And, and, their and first what, album came out a while ago, right? Yeah, it's uh, I can't remember. I have two thousand six, maybe. Yeah, like two thousand five, two thousand six, something like that. And now the thing is, I heard definitely some some Zeppelin influence in there. I heard, I kind of heard, this is kind of the same territory. I kind of heard uh, some Sabbathy stuff, you know, it, in in terms of the riffage and stuff. But I liked them because I listened to it in this way. It doesn't give me a whole lot of context. So what I did, I just went to Spotify. You know, when you find the artist and just hit the play button. So I was hearing stuff from all of their albums. I don't know the order I was listening to. I don't know all the songs but I probably listened to him for 90 minutes last night just, wow. and I, I liked it. I, I mean, that's a band I want to dig into a little more. Start with that first album. It's just it's self-titled, I believe. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll do that. That's definitely one I want to, I want to dig into more. So thank you for that recommendation. Sure. Sure. And then you also gave me Blackberry smoke, Blackberry smoke. You're more of a, I'm more of a British snob. I think you, I think you are into more American bands than I am. And that's not intentional on my part. I just noticed that, that a lot of the bands you mentioned, you really like Joe Walsh. You really like Aerosmith. You really like Molly Hatchet. And I like Molly Hatchet too, but I think I'm more into the British bands, which is just interesting, Hmm. but Blackberry smoke. I, I, I like them too. And, and that's a, a very much a, you know, there's a, there's a real Southern rock tradition in classic rock. I mean, mm-hmm. if you look back and I'm talking, I'm not talking, I mean like Blackfoot, Blackfoot was Southern rock, but they were, they were rocking. I mean, they just great. Yeah, they were. Yeah. And that's kind of, these guys sound a little more country to me than a Blackfoot. You definitely hear the country in, and it's interesting looking at that. They've opened for country, Zach Brown band, you know, so they've opened for country bands. They've opened for ZZ top and Leonard Skinner. So they kind of got this, they're from Atlanta, right? So they get the Southern rock, the country crowd, but they rock. I mean, the guitar playing was really good. I really liked them too. It's good stuff. Yeah, I don't know tons about them, you know, but I but what I've heard, I'm like, yeah, yeah, for sure. They're, they're good. They're Keep busy. doing what you're doing. And then uh Marcus King. I had seen some Marcus King videos before, and it's really it's really good too. You know, yours is more southern uh, tinged and blues tinged than my list was for sure. But they were all great. And and I I can see myself listening to all of these bands more uh gary clark jr was the other one you gave me gary clark i saw on a howard stern episode and they were playing a beatles tune was that coming oh yeah come i saw that okay i think um, it might be the one i think uh, he i think he i think come together was the tune and i think it i want to say it was for like the iron man soundtrack something but it was that sound really, from, does that sound familiar really good he was playing an sg i remember it was really good yeah, his uh, his live stuff is, I think, far superior. And and what so he does is stuff. he's he morphs. He's not just blues, not just blues. Like if you see, is it Eric Gales, another mm-hmm. blues player? He's mm-hmm. more he he's really good too. 
very bluesy, as is Gary Clark. But Gary Clark has, he adds in some other elements too, uh, more so. Now, here's the thing, and I, I don't want to go all, you know, cultural, philosophical on us, but, but for, for many years the blues went through this transition, right? It was, it was the, the American African-American blues artists that, that where blues came from. Right. And then England, they took that, you know, the early, you know, Clapton, the Rolling Stones, they were doing these, they, they loved the blues stuff more than we did here in the U S. So that's where the blues kind of got this rebirth. And in fact, a lot of these guys like Muddy Waters and Howlin' Wolf, they had second careers going to England. And in the 60s, they're playing to all these British kids, you know, these blues songs they've been playing since the 40s and 50s. And all of a sudden, people loved it, right? Well, and then the then the electric blues bands and the rock bands of, of, of Britain, they kind of Led Zeppelin, you know, all of these bands start borrowing stealing from these blues guys but the weirdest thing is you you didn't see many any of the new blues guys like through the 70s and 80s were all white guys they were all white guys that it was white guys that continued to buy blues albums that continued to fly the blues flag you know we had stevie ray vaughn we had all of these guys and 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 there were still you know buddy buddy guys still around but through the 80s buddy guy was still playing and a lot of these but just like you said earlier they're all starting to die and so it was like are there gonna be any young black kids that are playing the blues and there are fortunately have you seen kingfisher you seen that guy yes i have seen that dude golly i saw him on um King. Michael Palabasano, oh. I think I mentioned him before. He does like a reaction slash oh. guitar lesson yeah. type of uh, channel, and he he profiled the King. And so Kingfish King was on. And he was just yeah. The awesome. guy is if any of you that aren't familiar with, and and he broke when he was like fifteen, right? And he's probably twenty now or early twenties, but real big kid, but just plays like crazy. And so I'm happy when I see that because I see. I see some some black kids that are playing blues, uh, and I think I think that's awesome. You know, yeah. because throughout the '80s, you never you never saw that, right? The only the only guys that were into blues were old white dudes, right? Yeah. So it's cool to see that uh, you know that's not the case anymore. But all- that's interest- that's interesting because part of my list, not to derail you too much, but the uh, was I. I there was a pattern of like these hard rock guitar blues guys mm-hmm. like Johnny Lang, Eric Gales, Kenny Wayne Shepherd, Joe Badamasa. Yeah. Oh yeah. And all of them pretty much what all the, the names I just mentioned, they, they were, they started when they were kids, like 11, 12, 13, 14, they were already in bands winning contests. And I just find that kind of really, it's interesting. An, an interesting connection. There's a video, and I'm sure it makes him cringe, but there's a video of Bonamassa when he's like 11 or 12 playing with Robin Ford and maybe Stevie Ray Vaughan. I can't remember. Joe Bonamassa is like 12. Maybe it's just with Robin Ford, but, you know, he's 11. And he doesn't know, have the stage etiquette down. He can obviously play really good for an 11-year-old, but, like, he won't quit playing. It's yeah. like he just won't play. And he's up there with Robin Ford, who 
it's pretty, he's one of my favorites. Robin Ford's one of my all time favorites, but here's, you know, this 12 year old that won't shut up and let Robin Ford play. And Robin's just kind of back there doing his yeah. thing, you know, but it's, <laughs> it's amazing to see a 12 year old kid. And of course he's dressed like Stevie Ray Vaughan. That's what it is. It's Bonamassa and Robin Ford and, Bonamassa's dressed like Stevie Ray Vaughan. It lo- just looks really funny. This blonde-haired little kid. Um, <laughs> it's so it's, yeah. So so yeah. In, in my quest of searching for some bands, this thread of these young kids now are in their twenties, yeah. getting into their maybe thirties, hard rock blues players versus the the Blackberry Smoke kind of like Southern rock, classic rock bands. We see a lot of these young young kids doing the blues yeah. rock thing. Yeah, and there's, and there's several, uh, white kids and black kids, which is awesome. So those are the four bands you gave me. Now I feel kind of embarrassed about some of the bands I gave you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? The first thing I thought of <laughs> was that the first three you gave me, um, did I Dead Daisies. Dead Daisies, okay. Revolution Saints, Tokyo Motor Fist. Yeah, and then the last one was Flying Colors, which is, yeah. is a little separate thing. Yeah. So I listened to them just quick. So really right. quickly, I thought, oh, not so much classic rock, but like, but, but you said it earlier, you love, you love Def Leppard. Yeah, totally. And, and, and I know that about you. And I actually do too. Um, although I've left that a little bit to the side and I have more of that, you know, the classic rock in my, in my foreground, but but those three bands are very much relics or leftover from they're, the 80, 80s very, melodic rock. Very 80s. Yep. Those three are very 80s. Yeah. Very 80s. And I've got some good notes here. Let me see. Yeah. And I thought, I really thought they they were from the 80s. Right. No, <laughs> they did. Totally. Yeah. So, but like Revolution Saints, they started 2015. But you listen to it and you're like, what? They're, they're bringing it back. Yeah, exactly. Or that's just what they love, you know, that kind of riff-based, hard riff, 80s, big produced. Big produced. There's a big drums, vocal layered vocals. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like Def Leppard. They had that, you know, how many, you know, how many vocal tracks could we have? Exactly. <laughs> we can get another 40 on here. 15, 20. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I haven't heard of any of these bands. So it was kind of cool. So Dead Daisies. New Zealand or, or I guess. Yeah. There's uh, some Australians and see that bands that is revolving too. You know, so Doug Aldrich, again, he's in two of the bands I gave you. He's in yeah. dead daisies and he's in revolution saints and he's a, he's an American, but, but yeah. And then, then they just got Glenn Hughes in dead. Yes. He's like, that's the current lineup. Yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah. A little GNR. Yeah. In I there, a uh, little stone temple pilots. Little Motley Crew, yeah. Uh, David Coverdale kind of voice a little bit. I guess that would be um, Dave, was it David Lowey? Oh, I think you're right. Yeah, that was yeah. he was before uh, Glenn Hughes. Yeah, I thought he was like, oh, I thought is that David Coverdale? He had had that sound for sure. But yeah, a, a super group, right? Which is like your. I also thought your theme here was like exactly guys coming together yeah, totally, which also ties into Frontier, like you were talking about. So they were kind of fun. Revolution Saints, that's the one with Dean, right? Yeah, Castronova. Who sings like who sings like Perry. Steve Perry. I thought, is this a journey song? Yeah. Is this a journey band? Really wild. I thought, oh my God. And I love Jack Blades. I just like I I've seen YouTube videos with him with Tommy Shaw doing yeah, the acoustic thing. This, they're great. And they're cool. And another, yeah, Doug Aldridge, White Snake. 
but very again yeah that 80s very 80s yeah very 80s. so and i won't apologize for that yeah. no do not please <laughs> do not <laughs> tokyo motor fists uh i couldn't even find a wiki page on them i know because they've got a facebook page they've got two albums yeah and 2017 uh, to now right and so it's the lead singer from he was in danger danger can you remember yeah. his name ted poley Ted Poley, yes. Yep. And then Greg Smith, who played bass in Rainbow. He's played with Ted Nugent. Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper. The drummer was in Rainbow. Can't remember his name. Uh-huh. Chuck Burgi. Yeah. But then Steve Brown, who was in Trickster. Here's what's funny. Steve Brown was a guitar player in Trickster, and he's the he writes it all and he produces it all. You can go find live footage of him playing in the last couple years with Def Leppard because uh, there was a time when, when uh, Vivian Campbell was having his problems with lymphoma, he was diagnosed with lymphoma. He had to miss some dates. And so they called this Steve Brown guy in. Then when Phil Collins wife was having a baby, they call him in to play Phil's parts. So he's like a, he's like an interchangeable Def Leppard member. If they ever need him, he knows all the songs, he sings all the parts, he plays all the parts. That's why that album sounds like a Def Leppard album. Yeah, gotcha. That's a lot. Makes sense. Makes sense now. Hired guns. Yeah? Hired guns. Totally. Just like that documentary. It's yeah. Like we're, in a, we're in a different world now. Um, one of the songs that I write it down reminded me of Y&T. Do you remember Y&T? I do remember Y&T. They were one of the MTV hair metal bands when yeah. I was in high school. And I just thought that's where they started. But yeah. apparently they, they formed in like early seventies. I thought, oh, they've influenced a lot of bands because they, they were doing it before anybody else. Mm-hmm. And one of these tunes I was like, oh, that sounds like Y&T. Yeah, totally. For well, sure. Was it Summertime Girls? Did it yeah. sound like? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I can't remember what song it would have been. But, but yeah, both of those albums, they're total. Shameless. Shameless. Okay. Yeah. They're Shameless. total 80s songs. I mean, it sounds like they came out in the 80s. Uh, and what's funny, if you watch their videos, Jeff, is, <laughs> you know, these guys are our age, and they're trying to be all cool in their videos and doing all the poses <laughs> and stuff. And it, yeah. it just makes it kind of funny to watch. <laughs> you just kind of think, you know, they're having fun. They don't care exactly. what, right, and, at this point. And they got to be laughing when they do it, but it's just kind of goofy. So. One cool thing that I discovered, Danger Danger, had Andy Timmons. Yes. As a guitar player. Yes. And I've been, I've been watching True Fire Lessons that online guitar uh, lesson website. Right. And I've been watching Andy Timmons' courses, but I had no idea that he was in this this band. Really good. And he's super good. Here's, here's something funny. A lot of people don't know. So I gave you flying colors as a man too. Yeah. yeah, What'd you think of them, by the way? I thought they were the most interesting out of the three, but then I realized Steve Morris is guitar player, right? Steve Morris is in there. Uh, Kind of prog rock. Yeah. What's his name? The dream theater Portnoy. Mike oh, Portnoy yeah. is the drummer. And Portnoy, another guy, he's probably in five different bands right now, okay, because he's in Sons of Apollo, one of the bands that Greg recorded, by the way, that we'll have next week on. He, oh, cool. he recorded an album with Portnoy on it. So, yeah, they're very progressive. It's The lead singer is Morse, right? Neil Morse, no, no relation to Steve Morse, but he fronts his own progressive rock band. And they're really good. I mean, they're progressive-y 
very technical, but at the same time, they've got good vocals and stuff. So they're kind of like trying to do progressive rock with a more pop sensibility, but they're all monsters. And and I really like them. I I really like them. I don't know this band that I'm going to mention that well, except immediately one of the songs. um, I think it was more the song more on um, sounded just like the band muse. Okay, I can, Muse? I can hear that. Yeah, I've actually played, been in a band where we played a few Muse songs. Yeah, yeah. very I like see that theatrical, yeah. exactly loud, just like emotional. And 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 that band, every player in that band, Muse can, can or no, not Muse. I was talking about Flying Colors. Hmm. Probably Muse is this way too, but Flying Colors is they're all just top notch. I mean, they could play with anyone and play anything. Yeah. But one thing I wanted to mention, just because it's interesting, you mentioned Andy Timmons. Uh, a lot of folks don't remember this, but Poison mm-hmm. replaced C.C. DeVille with a guy named Richie Kotzen. And I really? don't ever watch Richie Kotzen. He's in Winery Dogs. He is, I mean, I mean, the idea of, Talk about slumming it when you, this is terrible, right? But I don't have a, Poison's not a great musical band, right? But Richie Kotzen is phenomenal. I mean, a brilliant player, a brilliant singer. I mean, he is top notch. And to think that he was in Poison for a while, that's that's what I think about the whole Andy Timmons thing. So I'm like, yeah. that's ridiculous. Right. Because uh, Richie Kotzen is just, he plays with Portnoy and Billy Sheehan in winery dogs, just a three piece. And they're just, oh. that's one I should have put on the list. Winery dogs. Unbelievable. Just all three of them are just virtuosos. And Richie Kotzen, of course, is doing these phenomenal things while he sings. I don't know. I don't know how you do it. Plays with his fingers mostly too, but plays a telecaster with his fingers and they just play. They'll go back and do some cover of a seventies earth wind and fire song or something it's like yeah it's just unbelievable yeah steve i mean steve morse too right oh the the dregs the oh. dixie dregs yeah i just sort of discovered them recently and i mean I, just so cool you go really back unique. and watch i was just watching one from like midnight special from like the late 70s the dixie dregs band yeah really really talented i think the drummer from dixie dregs this is more classic rock family tree i think the drummer from Dixie Dregs was in Winger. No way. I think he went on to play in Winger. I think that's correct. And he played for Alice Cooper too at some point. <laughs> but the Dixie Dregs were one of these bands that were just monster talented guys. Uh, ridiculous. Ahead of their time. Yeah, big time. I think. For sure. Cool. That's fun. Do you so, have any honor- honorary mentions? I, I, I do. I have a few. I mentioned Frontier, and these aren't really necessarily new bands. They're new to me. That someone with, you know, that likes classic rock would probably like. There's a lot of these European bands that I was never familiar with. One is called Pretty Maids. And it's ironic they're called Pretty Maids because now they're all a bunch of old, ugly guys. But they've been around since the 80s, right? And in the 80s, they were around back in the 80s. And they look like your typical hair metal band. They're, I think, from Holland. So Pretty Maids, I like them. And there's another band called, they're British, called FM. They're a little, little poppier. You know, they kind of at times kind of sound like Survivor or something to me, but I really like <laughs> the instrumentations are really good. The guitar playing is really tasty. FM's one. Most of these are frontier bands. There's a band called Wet. 
They might pronounce it <laughs> W-E-T. There might be, I can't remember. But again, we, yeah, uh, and there, most of these are European bands. So those are a few that, that I added on my list. Oh, and another thing. This is a really good album. Adrian Vandenberg put out an album in 2020, in I think in July or August. He's got this guy named Ronnie Romero, who's from Spain. He's one of these frontier guys. He fronted when Rainbow did their little reunion about three years ago. Ronnie Romero's the guy they got to sing. He can do Dio. He can do, I mean, he's got a great voice, but he's on the new Vandenberg album. I was just listening to that last night. I think Rudy Sarzo might play on that too. I can't remember. But anyways, that's Rudy great. Sarzo. That's a great album. Okay. You know, Vandenberg was in White Snake. You know, he had yep. the Vandenberg yep. album in the in the early 80s. And it's not it's not shreddy. I mean, it's more of a classic rocky. It's not the 80s shred like you might expect from Adrian Vandenberg. I mean, it's got some of that, but it it's a it's a a more just a rock album, you know. Yeah. It's really good. So that's kind of what what was on your list? I know you have a long list. Widespread panic. Really? Yeah, a lot of people think they're they fall into this, I don't know, jam band category. Yeah. And, see, that's and what they, I and they do. They they jam. They can go on five, seven minute kind of jams. Right. But they're not grateful dead string cheese fishy. They are like see. they're hard. They're they're rock. Right. They're definitely hard rock. The riffs just the vibe and so so when they're jamming you're just kind of like yeah like it's kind of like uh i don't know like skittered well i'm gonna check you know, freebird jams out for how many minutes at the end yeah. and you wouldn't you wouldn't say oh it's too jammy right that's just like awesome riffs and high energy they're just a great band you know they've been around a long time yeah and, and that's the band Georgia. i've always heard of I, I couldn't tell you a song of theirs but but i i kind of had them pigeonholed in that fish you know string cheese category you know yeah no i'll no. check them out yeah I'll, uh let's see what's a good a live album would be also again they're one of those bands live album light fuse getaway black keys i wouldn't say classic, okay classic I, now, rock, but you know black what keys i like them everything yeah. of theirs i've heard i've really dug great and plus dan uh what's his name dan i'm gonna bitcher his last name alber <laughs> alberback yeah uh, produced the last Marcus King album. Really? Interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. But yeah, those guys are great. Talk about fuzz. Oh yeah, <laughs> they like their fuzz tones. Yeah, for sure. North Mississippi All-Stars. Okay, now I have heard of them. Never heard them, but heard of them. Okay. Brothers, uh, Luther and um, Luther Dickinson and his brother, Corey. No, Cody, excuse me. <laughs> Cody on drums, Luther playing guitar. Luther actually joined the Black Crows for a little while. Whoa. Playing guitar. They come from a family of, of uh, their father was, was big into the music. Big, big musician guy. And just just talented again. Like three like, bass, guitar, drums. That's all you need. Bluesy, rock and roll. But they're still around, still doing their thing. I saw them in the parking lot at Steamboat, Steamboat Springs. No way. Uh, Steamboat Ski Resort. Yeah, yeah the, like 10 years ago. All right. Government Mule. Okay. Warren Haynes. Yeah, they're great. Pretty awesome. Like, there's some good stuff there. Yeah. You know, you're uh, Glenn Hughes again. Black Country Communion. Love Black. Have you heard of this super group? Oh, oh yeah. 
Yeah, I have. I didn't really know that existed. Got, I think they have three albums now. I've got the first two. Yeah, really good. That's Bonamassa and Jason Bonham on drums, right? Isn't that the drums? And then Dan, yeah, what's yeah. his name, the keyboard player? Yeah, they're just phenomenal. I love them. Yeah, Man in the Middle, great song. That's on their second album. But yeah, I, I'm a big Glenn Hughes fan. So, what do you think of Greta, Greta Van Fleet? You know, it's funny you, because I was going to ask. Very controversial. You, you know what? <clears throat> I like them. I do. I, I, I like their, their first album and yeah, I get it. And, and I think the only problem is maybe it's not a problem is, is for the younger generation that thinks this is original, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, as long as people know that it's not, Robert Plant doesn't have a problem with them, you know? So I'm like, and this has happened before. Remember Kingdom Come back in the 80s? Same mm-hmm. thing. He's Zeppelin ripoffs. Yeah, you, 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 hear, you hear Zeppelin in the vocals, but I, I like it. I mean, it's like, hey, I would much rather a young band is putting out good rock music than some electronic bull crap, you know? Yeah, you have to imagine if they're talented kids or yeah. they're good songwriters that they're going to, they're going to morph. They're going to change. Absolutely. They're going to have, they're going to find their own sound. I, I like them. I enjoy listening to them. And you know, Petty came out what in the seventies, but he continued to, to, uh, to record. So I had him on my, I had their heartbreakers on my list. Oh. I just think they had, they're just amazing. They're they're And here's bands. Here's the thing about Tom Petty. I have to mention him. He was never the most popular, right? He was never, he was never the most popular singer in the world. You know, he was never, he was never Van Halen, but for a 30 year run, he was always relevant. He was always putting out good music. He was always from the mid seventies through the nineties. He was consistently putting out good music. Yeah. I mean, the soundtrack of our, of, of one of the soundtracks of our, of our time Totally. When you hear those songs, you just Absolutely. instantly. I mean, the hard promises. Okay. That, that instantly takes me back to, you know, eighth and ninth grade, you know, that album that playing the whole, I mean, I love it. I love Tom Petty. Yeah. Love Tom Petty. So sad. Yeah. And, and, and to your point, we're going to only see more of this, which is sad, you know, because father time, right. You can't, you can't, you can't beat father time. So yeah, we'll only see more of these guys uh, leaving us over the next few years. So you got to enjoy it while it's here. Right. And, and, and to the original point, right. These old bands that are out touring. Yeah. Maybe they don't sound so great, but if you thought it was going to be your last time it ever see them, maybe you'd want to go see them. I don't know. Yes. Well, Hey, that was fun. It was a lot of fun. And again, we kind of meandered all around, which seems to be our style. We're like our own jam band, Jeff. That's what we are. We're, like, we're like a jam band podcast. So jam cast. A jam cast. It's a jam cast. That's probably taken somewhere. A jam cast probably, probably taken somewhere. But hey, I forgot to mention, uh, we are on Patreon. And remember, our goal is to make $9 a month on Patreon. Okay, that's our goal. $9 a month. All we need is three three patrons and then we make nine bucks a month so but seriously you can uh, support the podcast on patreon you can email us classic guitar rock at mail.com and of course uh, check it out on we have got the youtube channel and uh, we're, we're slowly but surely uh, dominating the world that's right 
Anyways, Jeff, it was great. Thanks for another great uh, episode, and uh, we'll see you again next week. Yes. Adios. Thanks for listening to the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast. Please like, subscribe, and share. You can email us at classicguitarrock at mail.com. We'll see you for the next episode of the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast.